Hello and welcome to the Listener Podcast. My name is Valentin and I'm a psychology student at the University of Bucharest in Romania and this podcast will be about, well, psychological topics, obviously, but I'll perhaps try to touch on to different other areas as well. Okay, so today's topic is multifold. It has been recommended to me by some of my pen pals and it's very much generic to some degree and includes, well, it includes motivation, discipline, happiness, enthusiasm about one's own life, uh, that's passion, I guess. And I've thought of this a lot as people do. I think it ties together well with the idea of life's meaning, uh, that is of one's purpose in life. Because one thing I hear from my, well, I won't say clients, but inquirers is that they lack, well, for the most part, it's either a, I don't have any particular interest or a passion. Um, or B, I don't feel interested anymore in this particular thing. So the question is, how do I keep my interest? And there is another version of this, which I haven't really noticed in, say, teenagers. Namely, the scenario where people tell me, I know about my passion, I know what it is, but I'm too afraid to risk it. And like... Should I risk it? There was this one person, let's say in uh, Georgia, and we chatted through email mostly, who had a troublesome relationship with their family and specifically their sister, and who really liked the thought of working around cruises, I think, like cruise director, or maybe an HR manager. Um, and they actually had this sort of figured out in the back of the mind for some time. But at the time, they were working like 5 p.m. to midnight shifts at Burger King. And it was, it was dreadful. They would try to improve their relationship with their peers. And ultimately, they resorted to being a bit too agreeable for their own sake and and that of course didn't work out for them it was like they had two different states of mind and the subdominant one would be making plans for a better life but it was sort of pushed back by this anxiety and it's like life's not working out for me and risking it could leave me bankrupt and alone and that is crippling, you know, no wonder they, they felt like they were stuck. And they explained to me the relationship with the family and that was fairly similar to what I've just described. They were a little bit too afraid to take the initiative and try to actually do something about it, even if the problem would turn out to be relatively easy to mend and 
I remember we discussed in detail and we figured we have to first cut the problem into pieces and take each little problem at a time. And uh, we first started with the family, uh, in their case, and uh, well that was actually far less of a problem than we initially thought. And so they had to make some sacrifices, but in the end it was mostly just smoke and it cleared out once they actually had the intention of listening and being honest to each other. Whereas the career problem, um, it was a little bit more difficult to untangle. We uh, sketched out some guidelines for a plan and after a few months of silence, they told me in our last email exchange that they made it, that they quit their former job and that they're, you know, taking a qualification course and that it, what, that it was painfully obvious that this is what they had to do and that they just had to risk it, really. Hmm. One thing I will say is that perspective over life as such is key because conceptualizing this kind of idea well translates directly into the way we act in the world and into whether or not we can properly adapt to it. So if you're operating on a dysfunctional model of the world you're gonna go through unnecessary suffering or rather if you feel like you go through unnecessary suffering it could mean that your model of the world is dysfunctional or wrong now each such model will have its peculiarities and that's due to subjective experiences and to personality but to me, there seems to be several what transcending and cross-generational overarching trends that one could or maybe should consider implementing, uh, let's say, which are... Well, let's start with this one. Life is suffering and change. Uh, this is the first of the four noble truths of Buddhism and it describes life in a somewhat controversial way. It revolves around the idea that life is fluid and that that fluidity is a series of transformations which imply both destruction and reconstruction. Now, what does that matter? Well, it's because we're also part of life and in order for us to remain part of it we have to keep ourselves aligned with that fluidity which means that we have to deconstruct and reconstruct ourselves consistently throughout our lives and most of that happens subconsciously through our actions but then understanding comes into play as well which means that we have to be aware of these changes and that we can also sort of direct them in some sense. Um, 
or that we should direct them. Because if we don't, that translates directly not only into us not being able to consciously direct our actions, but also into not being aware of what our actions are. Now, how does that tie in with the idea of motivation and or passion? Well, let's start with passion. The thing about passion is that we don't just figure it out. Uh, it's the same thing as with a career. We don't just have a career. We have jobs and a career is developed. You know, you say, well, I've had this job or these jobs for some time now and I've got some opportunities to specialize myself further and advance in the work field and to also accomplish meaningful things and that's a career and a passion is something related to that um well it's what you do uh it's it's what is meaningful and engaging to you um and what you have to do is to sort of maximize the amount of time you're being exposed to that which makes you feel this way but you first have to notice when that happens and if nothing that you do makes you feel this way well well that might be an extended conversation for starters but it could mean that you're separated in some way with who you are and that's not something abstract it's what you do because you're also your embodied self and lack of honesty is this sort of thing you know allowing yourself or resorting to engage in deception and uh, this is something i've learned from jordan pearson it makes the answers that you receive about yourself either from others or from your own actions it makes that information unreliable right because you because you have to believe in your lies to some degree in order for you to act them out so first you have to notice yourself and that meaningful information that you get but then you also have to make sure that that information is reliable and that means that you have to keep your environment an honest one so that is what rule eight from 12 rules for life uh say the truth or at least don't lie right even if you may be afraid at the plain truth might be hurtful or damaging which most of the time it is um, and it's actually better if you don't use the truth to solely hurt others right so so even if it's impractical to say the truth at least make sure that you don't make it even worse by saying those things which you know to be a lie and I'm sort of moving besides semantics here. A lie is far worse than keeping the truth to yourself, which is a lie by omission. And I'm not, I'm not saying that it is and it is not the only way in which you can avoid 
harming someone with the truth. So, so okay, let's let's keep it that way. I mentioned passion and that it's something that happens to you rather than it is something that you just figure out. And we can easily make the same case for happiness and motivation in this way. Um, you know, excitement is a positive emotion and emotions do have consequences. Namely, positive emotions are physiologically arousing and action inducing. Whereas negative emotions are inhibitory and I'm excluding anger from this categorization because it's sort of ambivalent in that way. It's not regarded as a positive emotion, but it still is action inducing. But the idea with excitement is something happens to you and you see that as rewarding in some way. And what happens is that you get a burst of positive emotions and motivation, but then that fades away because again, the world is fluid and you cannot rely on it to shape itself in a way that is rewarding to you. And you cannot rely on positive emotions and respectively motivation to do certain things because emotions come and go. And when an emotion comes by, you should welcome it but again you shouldn't rely on it because reality is always shifting and you you have to adapt to it in a way that is meaningful and functional and not the other way around because like who are you next to reality itself right and this is something that i've written about before it's that nobody deserves anything. You do what you do, and if you adapt properly to the world, you, you'll get what you deserve. But people don't naturally adapt properly to the world, because people make mistakes and inaccuracies, and they have to make mistakes in order to learn and then adapt properly to the world. So it's like, first you have to be willing to make mistakes and then you have to learn from them and then to repeat this process until you finally get more or less what you hope for. But when that happens, reality would have already shifted and everything is slightly different and people now have to move to a different goal. So it's like, I don't know, um, once you understand this, the only thing left for you is to practice it, I guess. You know, I, I hear this from people and it's a little bit confusing, uh, especially Romanians. Like, you hear this from people, nu se poate, or nu se mai poate. It basically means it's not possible. And they say that as it happens, and <laughs> of course, that's like, you know, shock or denial, but it's like people don't notice uh, these things and it happens all the time under endless variations of it. So to close off this topic, how do I keep my motivation? You don't, because you can't. You have to instead organize your life in a meaningful and productive way so that you don't 
rely on temporary cues for action, such as positive emotion and motivation. And to find your passion, well, you do that by first preventing yourself from creating or preserving deception, because then your environment is completely, not just relatively, unreliable. Then, by noticing yourself, what you do and how those things make you feel, and then by managing your bad habits, which is what discipline is, and lastly, by actually working on implementing good habits, uh, and that includes maximizing your time spent in meaningful and engaging activities. And uh, this whole series of events will work together to create a passion for you. Now, I'm sure I'll be talking about this some more in the future in more detail, but for now, let's move on to <laughs> a somewhat different topic, which was uh, recommended to me as well, uh, that of teenage drama and drama in general. And uh, <laughs> listen, I think I should be able to make something out of this. Um, I guess I'll start off with this. There are various reasons why as teenagers everything is more dramatic. But I'm not necessarily gonna go into that because it's somewhat too... It's too obvious, you know. Uh, teenagers have to figure themselves out with little to no prior such existential experiences. And emotions are definitely also a part of it, right? Uh, uh, physiological dynamics and transformations and uh, societal pressures. And it's... I don't know what else to say about that. Just make your mistakes. Go fool out and then apologize. <laughs> Show some humility. And... Yeah, uh, sorry, everyone, by the way. <laughs> Seriously, I was just dumb. And everyone is at that age, right? Um, I remember at one time when I thought, man, isn't it a weird coincidence that depression seems to spike up in the age group that is just getting to experience an adult a real reality and I was like it must suck life must really suck if kids go from playing pretend to being depressed young adults as they go face to face with reality and I think that ties with my previous topic right like, you have to understand and transcend the reality that life is suffering in order for you to fully develop into an adult. But moving aside from teenagehood and into uh, drama per se, um, I guess I'll start with this. Uh, drama, drama has three actors, and they're all tangled up into our personality, 
because we've played each of these roles. So there's the aggressor, the victim, and the savior. And these roles are somewhat interchangeable, right? Because you can easily go from, uh, let's say, victim to savior and obviously aggressor or from aggressor to victim. And in some cases to being a savior or more specifically a disciplinarian or a peacekeeper uh, in this case. And perhaps we do try out and feel these roles more intensely early in our lives in teenagehood. But regardless, none of these are quote unquote good because when you act them out, then communication between people is false. You know, you're something far beyond your persona. That is the mask or the role that you play in the social world. And the persona it's there is there only to simplify and improve the efficiency of communication. But even your persona has to be somewhat personalized because it's your mask, right? It's your life and personality simplified. So it's really important to notice this thing when someone and more importantly, when you are stuck playing in this drama triangle and it's then important to actually get out of it. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, drama is made to be played on an actual stage or otherwise it's just impractical and childish. And, and no, don't use the Shakespearean quote with uh, what the world is a stage and we're all merely players. Th that's not even what Shakespeare meant with that. Okay, just grow up, please. Let's see, anything else for today? Uh, no, okay. I guess this is it. Look to the medical peeps. Thanks for listening. <laughs>